And um, that's about obedience, okay? And, uh, and the reason for why a lot of time that when people was taught about obedience, they received it wrongly because of that um, they have a wrong understanding of who God is, okay? Um, so, so many people, they think that obedience is like something is going to be taken away from me, okay? But obedience is the vehicle that God uses for you and I to be able to operate on his level, okay? So, so when obedience is not for you to do something that you don't want to do, obedience is for you to be able to do what the Bible says that you can do, okay? And, but because of we're living in this information age, so there's so much mixture about a lot of things, you know, like even some preachers, you have to understand is that there are some of these famous preachers that they can be very anointed in one area and they really got a, a knowledge and revelation in that area. But that does not make them an expert in other areas. Do you understand? You know, it's like the same thing you see at elections. Um, you know, like, uh, what, what do every presidential candidate do when they, won, when they won an election? They try to gather as many celebrities to stand up and say, we support him. Okay? You might be a very good singer, but that does not mean you know anything about politics. Okay? And, but, this, uh, but the way we are as human beings, you think, oh, he's famous, and uh, so he must know something. No, just because you're famous doesn't mean you know anything. Okay? If you, if you don't believe me, just watch Sky Sport every single day. Then you find out famous people are not that bright. Okay? Uh, I don't think there's a company like Sky Sport who employed so many people who are that dumb. Okay? Uh, you know, just because you're famous, that doesn't mean that you're bright. And the same thing with, 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 with when you hear preaching, because, of, uh, where, because we're all a product of it, where you, make, where you can end up mixing things. Okay? That, uh, that, that, so, 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 so you have to understand is that the, the foundational thing in everything with the gospel is that God is your father. Okay? He, there'll be actually something I've worked on it for 14 years and it's still not gone any better, you know, because I want to cut out the word God. Okay? Because what does God mean? God is just a, like, a, like a, a word that is neutral. You know, if you say God to a Muslim, that means one thing. If you say God to a Hindu, it means another thing. But... God is just like a general thing. Jesus didn't come to introduce God. He came to introduce our Heavenly Father. And uh, so it's very important. We always have that foundation. And, and because of, you know, we have to understand that God, He wants us to do what He can do. Which means we have to follow what He says. And for us to do what He can do, that means that the instructions that he will give us most likely will be instructions that I don't understand. Because of, I'm supposed to become like him, not him becoming like me. And what we do very often, and we actually celebrate that in our culture, is that 
we think we, we need to question everything. Okay? When it comes to the Bible, you don't need to question anything. Now, we have to live by faith. We know that things should be established, that the word is the truth. Okay? That's, that, that's something, there's no question mark about the word, that this is the word of our Heavenly Father. And if he says it, like Smith, the late Smith Wigglesworth said, if he says it, I believe it, that settles it. He didn't say, he says it, I believe it, maybe, or no, we, we need to have that blind trust because of, if, I, if God had to move by what I understand, there's not much he could do with me because my understanding is not that great. We, we all very limited. Just when you, I don't know if you've ever seen two politicians argue about something that you don't know anything about. So when you hear the first one speak, you think, oh yeah, he's right. That sounds good. And when the next one speaks, complete opposite, oh, he's right too. So, 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 the, so, the, so the Christian walk is not about walking in agreement. It is walking by faith. Amen? So... So, so, so that is very, very vital. We, we, get, we gather that. And if you turn to Mark chapter 10, this is about blind Bartimaeus. And, uh, and I think that this is... Uh, <coughs> you know, Bartimaeus, he is a, a, a Jew. He's an Israelite, meaning he's a son of the covenant. He has... The, the covenant of Abraham is his heritage. And if you don't know about the blessings of Abraham, you can read that in the Old Testament. And, uh, but he's blind. And I believe that many of us, we have the promise, but we're not anywhere near seeing the fulfillment of the manifestation of the promise. You know, there, there are many people I know who are ill, and they know Jesus wants to heal, but they, don't, they, they are not healed. And uh, so, so, so I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to take certain things from this passage that will speak to you and that you can apply. So he says in 46, 1046, now, do you know everything with faith is now? It's not tomorrow. Do you know that in, in, in the kingdom of God, there's no tomorrow. There's only now. I don't know how Filipinos uh, will take it. There's no Filipino time. It's, it's all now. When, you know, I, when, when I get to heaven, I, I think the first thing I'll see, I've seen a lot of Filipinos. I say, wow, this is the first time I've never been late. <laughs> I'm right on time. Because you can't be late if there's no time. Amen? It's now. Now, you know, like, one of the problems that, that, we, that we're using sometimes is that we know what is right, but we don't do it today. We'll do it tomorrow. And when tomorrow, you know, it's like New Year's Eve, at midnight, I'm going on a diet, or something like that. Or we, 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 we know what the Bible says, and we know that we should do it, but we will do it tomorrow. 
And have you noticed when we have that, we never get around to do it. It's like my, my favorite verses, like not verse phrases, tomorrow I will go on a diet. I mean tomorrow, tomorrow I will go on a diet. But in the kingdom of God, everything is now. It's like when you read about the plagues, it's always amused me. When, when there are frogs everywhere, and Moses comes before Pharaoh, and Moses basically says, you know, I can get rid of all these frogs. When do you want it to happen? And then Pharaoh says, tomorrow. Maybe, I don't know if he has some kind of French blood in him. I don't know. He said, I'm not going to rid of my dinner here now. There's food everywhere. But, but the thing is that when you see something in the Word of God, act now. I, I, I remember, I can't remember the preacher, but there was a preacher. He said once, when God speaks to you, you run if you can run. If you can't run, you walk. If you can't walk, at least fall in that direction. Do something. You mustn't just stay. You, you must, because you must respond. Amen? It, it, because it's not, we have to understand, Christianity is not we teaching you a subject. It, it's not like if you go to school and learn about history or English or something. No, it, it's a relationship. So when, you, when God speaks to you, don't wait five years before you get around to do it. Or ten years. I know people who waited 60 years. Do you understand? And you know, once we're waiting, it disappears. You know, it's like I've been into, I, it happened, and every preacher will say the same, that there's been so many times where I had a word of knowledge for someone, and no one shows up. And then after the meeting, someone comes, it was me, can you pray for me now? Yeah, I can pray for you, but nothing will happen. Because the anointing is not there. Because everything in the kingdom of God is now. So don't put it off. You know, I know people who've been called to India, to called to other places in the world, and say, oh, I need to do this first, and I need to do this first, and then I will do it. Do you know what? They never get around to do it. When you see something in the Word of God, act upon it now. Don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at your situations. When God has spoken, do it now. And ultimately, if you don't do it now, most likely it's not God who's spoken. Okay? But anyway, so now we came to Jericho. Now, you know what Jericho is? It's the first city that the Israelites approached when they came from the desert into the promised land. And you know that with everything, when you approach a promise, when you see a promise, the first thing you very often see is impossibilities. They say about the walls of Jericho, I don't know, they didn't have YouTube and Google. But they say the walls of Jericho were so wide that they could actually ride horses on the top of the wall. So now remember, this is a huge group of people they're not healthy because all women have just been circumcised. So they walked a bit funny, all women. Okay? And when we see the walls of Jericho, and this is the land that God spoke to Moses about, 
And all they can see is these huge walls. How in the world are we ever going to enter into that? You probably have the same, I don't know if you are ill, you see the promise in the word of God that you can be healed. You might, uh, if there's financial issues, you see in the word of God that God is a debt-canceling God. And you see, how in the world, because you've maybe been used to debt for so many years and the wall is just so big, how in the world is that ever going to happen? Do you know what the Bible says? Not by might, nor by power, but by his spirit. Amen? So, and that's where I, I have another sermon I preached many years ago called Promise, Problem, and Provision. Okay? Where, where, so, so, they come into Jericho, and uh, now they came to Jericho. Now, the other part is also important. If you are in the state of obedience or trust at the place of Jericho, do what God asks you to do at that stage, doesn't matter how stupid it sounds, how much it sounds against your own intellect. If you do what God tells you to do, the walls will come down. What did God tell the Israelites? He told them to walk around the wall seven times, once a day, and then the seventh day, seven times. And what did they have to do afterwards? Blow the ram's horn. So the walking meaning is, is an expression of obedience, a trust. That goes beyond what I can understand. It doesn't make any sense. Can you imagine you walk around the wall and all these guys are on the wall, they're booing at you. Throwing things at you, making fun of you. Oh, you, you think you're going to get this? So just, you know, they, they probably hassle them every single day. Just like... But the challenge you might have in your life is say, you know, this debt is never going to be small, it's always going to increase. That pain is never going to disappear, it's always going to be worse. Whatever you may hear. But ignore these voices and pay attention to what your Heavenly Father says. He said, walk around the wall. Amen? And then the seventh day, what, what did we have to do the seventh day? We were told... Blow the ram's horn. And as, as I taught you before, the ram's horn is an image of the gospel. Okay? The ram, remember with Isaac, when, when Abraham had to bring Isaac to Mount Moriah. And God said, no, no. And when Abraham said, God will provide. And there was a ram. It's the substitution. So, when we, so, so the ram's horn... So when you blow the ram's horn, what, 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 what do you really blow? What, what, what is the message when you blow when you blow the ram's horn? That the, the ram is dead. Happened, a substitutional death has happened. So what means that when you walk in obedience, when you walk in trust in the word, then, and you focus on the gospel, the walls will come down. Amen? How? That's not our business. Do you know what? We, we, we use many things. We don't know how it works. We're just using it. Have you, if you ever speak to a mechanic, they will give you all the technical side of how a car works. You and I, we couldn't care less. As long as it starts when we press the button or turn the key, that's all we need to know. I don't need to know that this, when you do this and this happened and this happened, no, I, I couldn't care less. 
as long as it can get me from one place to another. I don't need to know all the details of how that wall is going to come down. All I need to know, if God has said it, I believe it, and that's it. Amen? Uh, no, but, uh, but the thing is that when we start trying to reasoning it out, do you know, it's very easy to fall into unbelief. Because of the more we start reasoning and figure out how it's going to happen, do you know, the more impossible it starts looking. And the more, uh, the more we do that, the less does the word of God, the voice of God become. So just stay in trust. So that's Jericho. So, so don't be surprised when you... See the wall, but don't focus on the wall. Don't focus on the impossibility. Focus on the one who told you the promise. Amen? Just focus upon that. The, the wall is in the natural. The voice that you have heard, the promise, is in the spirit. And the natural will always have to be subjective to what happens in the spirit. If you don't let go. So they came to Jericho, and now it's another thing that's important. Some people, they think the Christian walk is one long fight. Oh, one long battle. I'm a soldier for Jesus, and I battle, and I fight, and I fight, and I fight. No, you know, there are seasons where you have to fight, but it's not all the time. No, you are not supposed to dwell on the battlefield. Amen? You're not supposed to dwell in fighting all the time. Because if you're, st if you're fighting all the time, most likely there's something wrong. Now, there's some people, they can't get on with anyone, and they always say, oh, it's the devil, it's the devil. It might be with one occasion, but if it's 20 years in a row, it might be you. Amen? It might, you know, so, so we are not called to fight 24-7. You're not called to be a soldier first and foremost. You're called to be a child that sometimes have to fight, but it's not the lifestyle. Amen? You know, sometimes you have to fight. So Jesus, he comes to Jericho, but Jericho is not a dwelling place. It's something he passes by. Okay? And that's where you can, you can rest assured of whatever challenge you have right now, if you trust your Heavenly Father, you will not stay there forever. Everything that you see in the natural is not eternal. You, you know, if I asked you, can you remember what, you st what, what your challenge in your life was 15 years ago on the 17th of March 2003, 4 o'clock in the afternoon? You can't remember. Oh, so someone said, oh yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah, there was, there's always someone who can remember. But in general, we don't remember, okay? And so, so Jesus, he, 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 he comes into Jericho, and then he leaves Jericho. Okay, so as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, do you know what is interesting? From day to day life, Jesus, you never saw Jesus alone. The only times you saw him alone was when he had his time with the Father, when he sent the disciples away. But if you notice, he always walked with his disciples. Do you know, we are not meant to be alone. Your walk with Jesus is not alone. And I'm telling you that no man 
is an island. If you know, we can be, but uh, what I mean by that is not just so, because you lock yourself up in a room with, with, with Facebook and Google and YouTube. No, no, you can be alone by heart. You can be in a group of people and still be alone because you build a wall around you. Okay? But you see, Jesus, he always went with his disciples. Do you know, man needs fellowship. Man needs companionship. It's not enough just say, oh, it's just me and Jesus. If God could look at Adam and God came down to see Adam every evening and God looked at Adam and said, it's not good for Adam to be alone. Okay? So, so because of, I don't know, they say that the worst thing that, that can happen to people who are in prison is when they put them in isolation. And there's after a certain amount of days, something happens in their head. That, because we are not uh, developed to be in isolation. Okay? Anyway, so, so now we come to what I... I so, so he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, the blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. I read in a Bible commentary, the son of Bartimaeus, uh, the son of Timaeus, actually also can mean, because you know words, names have meaning, can be that Bartimaeus means son of Poverty. Okay? Now, think beyond money now. Uh, you, can, you can have money and still be poor. Do you understand? You can have nothing in your bank account and still be rich. No, uh, money is not about being rich. Rich uh, is many more things. It's no point to have 10 billion pounds in your bank account and if you're terribly ill. Or whatever it may be, okay? So, so, but he says, it's an interesting thing here, where he says, that blind Bartimaeus, that can be son of poverty. That what is the cause of poverty? That I can't see. Blindness cause poverty. That's why, like the prayer in Ephesians 1, that the Apostle Paul prays, and you should pray, as I said to you, you should pray that prayer over your own life every single day. Read that. It's one of the most powerful prayers. If you don't know what to pray, just pray that prayer. That the Apostle Paul, he prays, that I pray that your eyes may be open, the eyes of your heart. Amen? But we, so, because the, you know, what, what you see in life, what, the way we do it very often, we, we, we confront the natural. We're trying to find a natural thing, but the, our fight is not against flesh and blood. Meaning, it's not what you see in front of you that is the problem. You know, but the issue is not that you have that obstacle. The issue is that you don't have enough light to see that obstacle in the right perspective. Amen? When you start seeing that all that, 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 what all that God has done, then whatever you're facing in the network, you know, there's no problem when you're getting a bill and you got the money. You don't think about it, do you? 
unless you're very stingy. Oh, another five pounds going out of my bank account. Uh, now, when you have the supply, the demand is not a problem. And the thing is that the, the, the reality of it, of each of our lives, is you have already the supply. So, but, but, so, but, and the reason, but the reason for why the obstacle looks so big is because you haven't seen it. So, the, so the thing is not to say go away. It's about God. Open my eyes. Amen. Open my eyes. So, 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 so really, <clears throat> the lack of sight is what causes us to struggle. Okay? You know, you know the scripture that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge or lack of vision. And you know what that means? My people, the Amplified says, my people are destroyed for the lack of understanding of the redeeming power of Christ. So when you're facing a situation, ask the first thing you should ask, Jesus, open my eyes so that I may see all that you have provided on the cross. Amen? Because it's in the cross the answer lies. It's in the cross the solution lies. The walls of Jericho came down when, when they blew the horn, when we proclaimed the gospel. Okay? That thing that is in front of you is not, to is, not meant, is not there to defeat you. It's there for you to step on it and come higher. I remember there was a church <clears throat> and they were really under persecution. Really under persecution. No, they, they bombed the church and did all sorts of crazy things. And, <coughs> and, and the worst part of it, it was other pastors and other Christians. And... Uh, and the pastor, he said, you know, all the dirt they're throwing at you is never going to hit you, but it's going to land in front of you, and it's going to be a, and it's going to be so much dirt that it becomes a platform that you can st step up on, and everyone will see who you are. Okay. So what, whatever it is, they don't have a victim mentality and say, oh God, what is me? Why is me? No. Ask the Lord to open your eyes so that you may see. Amen? So that you may see. Whatever obstacle that you have, whatever challenge you have, if you have the right attitude, uh, what I mean by right attitude is seeking God instead of complaining to God. Okay? So, so, with his, so, so, so blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road do you know, when you're blind, you don't move. And I, I believe there's something that is important we all do on a regular basis, maybe once a year or something, that we have to see, have I moved? And now, when you, when you make that assessment, you have to be honest with yourself. Amen? Not, not to condemn you, but to make sure if I'm not moved, I need to change something. Like the famous Einstein quote, that the, the, the definition of insanity is to expect a new thing by keep doing the same thing. Okay? Many Christians do that. We call it, we are waiting. No, so, we are waiting for Jesus. No, but Jesus is waiting for you. Okay? So, he sat by the road, begging. Do you know, when you are blind... You beg. 
The blindness made him a beggar. And I'm telling you, the, the body of Christ as a general in the West is blind. Well, how do I know? Because we are spending a lot of time begging. Okay? We, we, you know, we're begging in our prayers. We're begging for money. We're begging to keep a radio station alive that God is trying to kill. Okay? It, it's, just, it's just embarrassing when we, oh, send, send money in here, send money in here, send money in here. And, if, and we, we are, Matthew and I heard on the Christian radio something like, oh, if there's 10 people who will give X amount of money, then there's a donor who will give another amount of money. Oh, you know, we, we, this is begging. When you see Salvation Army knocking at the door, oh, give this money in the army, it's begging. It's not glorifying your Heavenly Father. How can I say to people, I'm, I'm belonging to a Father in Heaven who have all the supply, and, and when I come with my little envelope begging for, for five pounds, to, uh, to, you know, and then put the ad commercials on TV with crying babies. That's, that's begging. But we ended up there because the lack of revelation. Amen? And uh, so, so, so that's where Bartimaeus is now. He sat by the road begging. And when he heard, and when he heard, do you know, the first step out is to be able to hear. That's why when, I, when I, I, I had that message about the tithing, tithing is not about being a billionaire. Tithing is about being able to hear. Do you understand? That's why that the, the key thing is, but now <clears throat> hearing is more than just hearing, hearing sounds. Because there are many people who hear sound, but they don't hear. Okay? There are many people who, 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 who hear something, but they don't hear. Because five minutes after they heard it, they've forgotten it. Okay? So he, so, so he heard. And when he heard, he probably heard all the noise. Now, you have to understand, where Jesus is, there is noise. Okay, I don't know. I, I I don't know if you brought twelve disciples, and all the other ones who follow. There was at least seventy more, and then all the other multi great multitudes. They, they don't come quietly. Okay, so he heard. So where G, you know, life makes noise. Do you understand? I mean, you know, but when when, when children are small. You don't pay attention when you hear the noise. It's certainly when it goes quiet. When, when you have to go and check. But you know what religion does? Religion wants to quiet down. Someone said, you know, if you want peace, go to a graveyard. But you know what we do very often? We try to quiet down people in terms of that we have to be uniform, we have to do this, and we call it sanctification or whatever. No. When Jesus is, there is life. There was not two disciples who were similar. Amen. They were all different 
And but we try to uniform people by calling it sanctification or being holy. No, that's nothing to do with that. Where Jesus is, there's life. Amen? And life makes noise. Life can be heard. Life can be seen. So Bartimaeus, so obviously he must have asked some people, he said, what happened? And he said, so they said to him, this is Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Now it's important you understand this, because this is very important. The people, no, no I'll take the other part. First. So, so when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David. Now, you, now Jesus of Nazareth is just, it's, it's just you and where you come from. But notice that blind Bartimaeus, he didn't cry out saying, Jesus of Nazareth. He shouted out, crying, he said, Son of David. Son of David is a messianic title. This is, a, this is one of the titles that the Messiah has. So what is fascinating about it is that, you know, that the people who could see with their physical eyes, they saw Jesus of Nazareth. But Bartimaeus, who was blind, saw the Son of God. What does that mean? That means that you can only see your Heavenly Father when your heart is right. Now you can, have, you can be a professor in theology, you can have all the degrees in the world, but if your heart is not circumcised, you cannot see. No, the Pharisees, no, to be a Pharisee, you have to, most of the Pharisees, or this is common for Pharisees, they could recite the whole of the Old Testament. But they could not recognize him when he came in flesh and blood. Do you understand? We cannot, we cannot measure what God is doing in our lives by what we see in the natural. You might feel terrible, that doesn't mean that God is not working in the background on your behalf. Amen? Don't rely on what you feel. Your feelings and your emotions is just the voice of your body. Which is, and, what your bo and what your body says is what you have trained it to say. Do you remember when, with Joseph, when, he, when his brothers came to see him in, in, in Egypt? <coughs> And Joseph said to the brothers, don't come back unless you bring Benjamin. And then they ran out of food. And then the brothers said to, to Jacob, there's no more food. And Jacob said, go back to this man in Egypt. And they said, no, no, he said to us, we can't come back unless we take Benjamin with us. You know, think about what Jacob would feel. I already lost one son. Now I'm going to lose a second son. If you ask him in, in the natural, are you blessed? He will say, no way am I blessed. But in reality, God was working in the background. God was working hard to reunite Jacob with what his heart desire. But if you ask Jacob's emotions, he would say the opposite. God is taking everything away from me. 
Do you understand? So never trust what you feel in the natural. Never trust what your body says to you. Trust what the word of God says to you. Amen? And that's where we have to say it loud to ourselves. Because when you speak it out loud to yourself, you, that voice is stronger than what you feel. The problem is that what, what happens is very often we stay quiet and listen just to our emotions, our body. But speak it out. And the moment you start speaking it out, it, it, your body has to listen. You cannot think two, two, two thoughts at the same time once you start speaking it out. Okay? So, so, he, so, so he said, Son of David. Son of David. Son of David. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Do you know what is it? Have mercy on me. This is what we base everything upon. We base everything upon one thing, that our Heavenly Father is good. Why do you believe that God will answer your prayer? Because He's good. What is mercy? What is mercy? That I get something that I don't deserve. No, but we still think very often when... You know, like I've been asked by people, say, you know, uh, some, someone has been in church for 40 years and, they, and then someone comes in from the street who is a drug addict and he got healed immediately. I mean, say, why didn't she get healed and he got healed? Because it's not, we cannot earn the blessing. It's mercy. But you know, when, uh, it's, it's the challenge for all of us when we walk with Jesus that we don't fall into the trap of trying to earn it through our good religious deeds. It's all mercy. It's not because I've earned it. It's not because I've deserved it. It's because he is merciful. So he put his faith in his mercy. He put his faith in his goodness. Amen? He put his faith in his goodness. Don't pray when you need something for God. Oh God, answer my prayer because I didn't kick the cat. Oh God, help me because I didn't do this and I didn't do that. And no, no, just focus on his mercy. You don't do things for Jesus to get his favor. You do things for Jesus because you realize you already got it. Amen? You know, when I, in the word of faith movement, it was very often when people used the phrase, I stand in faith. What it really meant was, I need to behave. Okay? I can't lose my temper now because I, I stand by faith. I stand in faith for that thing. Meaning I have to pay. No, no. That's a misunderstanding. You know that God blesses you because He's merciful. Amen? You get something you don't deserve. If God, if, if we have to earn the blessings through good deeds, it's not a blessing anymore. It's a salary. God do, do not hand out salaries. Oh, you got a little prayer there. Okay, you got a little car. Little prayer, little house. Big prayer, big house. No, that's not how it works. You, 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 you receive because he's merciful. That's the foundation of the, the, our Heavenly Father. Do you know, many <clears throat> Christians even teach about that that, uh, that, that God is righteous, and, and he is. But you have to understand, he's also fair. He's, he will say to you, yeah, what you did is a sin. But I won't hold it against you. 
That's mercy. Amen? You know, where if you find many other religions, what do we have to do? It's a, it's a righteous God they serve. So, you get according to what you have done. The, the Muslims, you know, that's where the, you know, that's where the cartoonists, they get this image of a black angel and a white angel that writes down all your good deeds and all your bad deeds. And when you die, these two angels give us a report and that dictates if you go up or down. So, so the guy who's sitting, standing in the lift when you're coming, two buttons, and you're standing there waiting. If I had that job, I would say, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? No, I don't know. That's not how it works, okay? But, but he had faith in his mercy. It, it is fascinating that a man who had nothing going for him, he had the greatest revelation. The blind man, who you would say was the misunfortunate, he had the greatest revelation of them all. Now, another thing you can say, don't ever see comfort in numbers. Okay? We're we, we growing up in a democracy, so we always think democracy is like the wonderful thing. Okay? But, you know, Adolf Hitler, he voted a democratic vote. Now, he, he didn't force himself into power. Do you know what I find? Just because the majority say it, doesn't mean it's necessarily right. There was 12 spies that Moses sent into the promised land. The 10 of them said, this is impossible. Two of them said, it is possible. Don't ever see comfort in numbers. Now, Bartimaeus, he was the only one who saw the son of David. He was the only one who saw the son of David. All the people who could see with their physical eyes, they saw Jesus of Nazareth. So don't ever see comfort in numbers. Don't see comfort in, uh, you know, this man of God. So, so, he, so, so, so he began, and when he heard that it was Jesus, he began to cry, cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 48, then many warned him to be quiet. Do you know what is fascinating? I used to think, I used to think that when you receive revelation, everyone will be happy. Okay? You know, I remember when I started preaching about prosperity, do you know, I thought everyone would be happy. You got a message. You don't need to stay poor. Do you know who got angry at me? The poor. Oh, when you start preaching about healing, who gets angry at you? We're sick. I, I, I'm yet to try to preach about this. What, what, I can't remember this verse because I'm not old enough to quote it. You know, that verse about that your youth shall be renewed like the eagle. You know, that's always old people who quote that verse. Okay? So I don't know where it is in the Bible. So I wonder if I start preaching that, when old people will start hitting me with a stick. <laughs> okay? I don't know. But the thing is, he, he got a revelation and he shouted it out. What happened? We tried to keep him quiet. Do you know, in general, we as human beings, we hate chains. 
Do you know that we as human beings, we are creatures of habits? Have you noticed that? Where do you sit every Sunday? <laughs> no, it's, it just comes... We, we don't like chains. Okay? And very often, that's why we, we like embracing religion, because that means we don't need to change. But relationship forces us to change, because it's, a relationship is something that is alive, and it has to develop. You know, but I can't speak to the children the way I did when we were four. Okay? You, know, you can't speak to God the same way you did when you were a baby in Christ, and so on. So, so they said to be quiet. We see that all the time. When Joseph, he, no, 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 it was a bit of Joseph's immaturity too. When Joseph came and said he had a dream about the brothers and the father and mother, they should bend down. He should never have said these things. But they were not pleased. Do you understand? Do you know what is fascinating? But, uh, do you know why the brothers they got angry with Joseph? I say it's because I had the coat of many colors. Come on. It was, it's probably the ugliest coat you could ever see. Can you imagine all these different colors in one coat? It was 3,000 years before the hippie movement. So here you come, Joseph the hippie, 4,000 years before the hippie movement. No, it, I don't think they were jealous of that it looked great. They probably all thought, first when we saw him from a distance, they probably all thought, oh, it's wonderful. Our father don't please us because we don't want to wear something like that. Okay? Do you know why they were upset with him? It was because when he came closer, they realized it was a seamless coat. It was in one piece. And not only that, it was long sleeves. Do you know what it signifies? He sh are not working. And they have short sleeve. Are you not supposed to work? Joseph, he had a revelation of God is gracious, it's all grace and mercy. That's why religion gets upset when we say that it's not something you earn, it's something you receive. Amen? Can you imagine? No, no, sorry. It was not the color we got upset about. It was just like, and they probably laughed at him. Ha, 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 ha. Until was a, hey, why is it long sleeve? Mm, short. <laughs> okay. And, and so, but, but this is something else. But, so, we try to keep him quiet. Do you know, our message is anyone who, no matter who you are, no matter what, where you come from, you can come to Jesus and freely receive the gift of salvation and anything that is in the kingdom of God. But where religion will tell you, do this and do this and do this. No, like if you are Catholic, how do you receive forgiveness? You go to the priest, confessing it, and then you have to do penance. Meaning putting extra in the offering box or say ten Ave Maria or whatever it may be. Do you understand? So, so, so for, and do you know what? For, the, for our human nature, it feels better that we can say that we have done something. Okay? 
But the thing is, we had, none of us have done nothing. We, we, had, we had just been recipients of His mercy and grace. Everything we do, we should still do them, but the heart of why we are doing it is not for gaining favor. It's because I've already seen His favor. And what I'm doing now, I can't help myself. Amen? We, we don't give to gain favor. We give because we already got favor. So, and anyway, so he had mercy on me. 49, so Jesus stood still. No, remember he was, on, he was on, on his way. And then he says, so Jesus stood still. Do you know what is amazing? Um, this is how powerful you are as a believer. There is something in you that can arrest God and gain the attention of the creator of the universe. One cry. Jesus stopped. Think about that. That's powerful. So don't ever say, I'm no powerful. No, you have one sound in you that can get the attention of the living God, your heavenly Father. Do you know what? Many things is all about, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Now we just have this wet nose thing, uh, charity, and every year they do this uh, celebrity apprentice. Have you noticed that? Have you seen it? Have you, have you seen how they win it? It's about who knows the most famous people because of wealthiest people because they can put most money. It doesn't matter how the event goes. It doesn't matter how we work it out and all these things. It's all down to the bottom line who knows the most and famous and wealthiest people. And as they say about this, as an old one, I remember this, novice know journalist, Piers Morgan. I, he was on once, and all these other celebrities, they just shook their head and said, we never met a man who knows so many influential people. Okay? You, know, you have that cry. You have that cry. You know, when you cry out, it could be any time of the day. When you make that cry from your heart, you get the full attention of the living God. And not just attention, but also his willingness to help you out. Do you know that with Henry VIII, you know Henry VIII? You know the fat guy? You know, he was not always fat. It was because he got ill. He fell off a horse. I mean, so anyway, uh, <clears throat> at that time we don't have the same kind of uh, conditions as we have today. So, when he went to the toilet, we didn't have toilet, we had a bucket. Okay? The most, the most prestigious position in the court, in the royal court, and that was probably some kind of duke or something, was the one who stood there with Henry VIII when he did his business. Why? Because he had the ear of the king. Okay? He had the ear of the king. He could influence the king. It's not about that you have all the answers and all the knowledge. It's about have you got the ear of the king? Amen? You and I 
God will hear of the king. Think about that. So don't ever think yourself as, I am not powerful. I remember when I was a child, I always wanted a big brother. Okay? Because it was so irritating when we had these small kids. When you bullied them, you say, I'm going to call my big brother. When he was like, okay. <laughs> I would want to say, I call my big brother too. <laughs> okay. But the thing is, this is the position wherever you are. You are what? God is just one cry. Jesus stood still when Bartimaeus, he cried. It was not, it was not on uh, the, the agenda for, uh, for Jesus that day, but remember we have to make sure that we hear Bartimaeus because he's going to cry and we have to hear. Because that will make it good in, because we need, Mark is going to write a gospel in, in some years' time, so we need to have that story in the Bible. So Pastor Kurt can preach it in 2019. Okay? He was on his way. When, when he heard it, he stopped. So Jesus stood still. Now, this is another thing. When you say you hear the voice of God, and I don't say that in a fearful way, okay? But when you say you want to hear the voice of God, make sure you also are prepared to respond to it. Amen? Now, I don't say that in a fearful way because I can tell you, if you respond to it, you will be blessed tremendously. It will release things that you cannot imagine. But Jesus stood still, and then it says, and Jesus commanded. Jesus commanded him. Now, you have to understand, our Heavenly Father is not the Father of suggestions. Now Moses did not come down from Mount Zion with the ten suggestions. Do you understand? He came down with the ten commandments. And even in New Testament, it talks about that now God commands all men to repent. Another suggestion. So, so Jesus commanded him. So what is it with a command? The good thing when God commands you to do something, there is no room for you not being blessed when you act on it. Amen? You cannot why? Because God had commanded it. There is no way it can be changed because once he said it, that settles it. There's nothing that can change. I don't know how the, the scientists have figured that out. I'm not that clever. But they say that the universe is still expanding. Okay, so now my question is, what does it expand into? Have you thought about it? No, the, the scientists, they say, the, the light is still traveling. But I always wondered, where does it travel into? Anyway, this is what you start thinking when you are past and you have too much time to think. You come up with strange thoughts, okay? So, he commanded him. To be called. He commanded him to be called. Now it's an interesting thing. I would have thought Jesus, blonde hair, blue eyes, with clean sandals, well-trimmed beard, would have said, Bartimaeus, I hear you. I'm coming to you. That's what I would have thought. Now you have to understand, 
He's talking to a blind man. You know, many of times, this is where the trust comes in. Do you understand? This is where the trust comes in. The same thing when, when Elijah, he, he goes to a widower who, who only have one meal left, and then she's going to die, and then Elijah says, make a cake for me too, so you can die quicker. <laughs> no. Can you imagine if a tabloid newspaper had been around? Preacher stole poor woman's last meal and left her to die and occupied her house. Paid no rent. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Uh, okay. But he commanded Bartimaeus to come to him. Do you know, it goes with what the Bible says, Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open. Now, why is he saying come? Now, because what, what does Bartimaeus have to do now? He, he exercised his revelation by saying, Jesus, son of David. Now, the next step is you have to exercise trust or obedience. Does he trust his revelation? Amen? Because of... If we only have the revelation, but if we don't trust it enough to act upon it, it just becomes information, which will bring no transformation. But revelation that is acted upon will bring transformation. That's why God, no, Jesus says to Bartimaeus, he calls for him. <coughs> Do you know what? That's why I say, when we act in trust, that goes beyond our understanding, and many times even beyond our ability. Amen? That's why, that we, like for example, I was just reading about Isaac this morning, that when there was a famine in the land, Isaac sold. That doesn't make any sense. What? It does not make any sense. There's a famine in the land, and then he sold. But when he says, and he weaved a hundredfold, the same year. Why did he reap a hundredfold? In, because he had a revelation and he acted in trust and it created transformation. Amen? It created transformation. And uh, so, he, so, so now, Bartimaeus, he could easily have said, but I'm blind. I'm blind, I don't know what to do. When, when, so, so just the command and him to be called. When they called the blind man saying to him, when they called, no, as they say, now those who booed him before asked him to be quiet, now we're cheering him. Okay? It's like when, we, when I watch Danish football, the Danish national team playing football, when Denmark win, we won. When they lose, they lost. <laughs> we became European champions. They didn't qualify. <laughs> Have you noticed? We are like that all the time. No. So don't trust people. So when, they, so when things go wrong, we disassociate. It's them. When they win, yeah. Okay? So, but, so... 
So, so they say, be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. you know, do you know why you can't trust the, the, the crowd? They, they, notice what will happen here. They say, be of good cheer. Rise. He calls you. But no one offers to help him. What? Be of good cheer. No. Uh, there's no point in people coming and saying, oh, I believe in your project. But they're not investing in it. So, you, you can believe, it doesn't cost you anything to believe in that. You know, they have a saying in England, put your money where your mouth is. Okay? You know, they, they don't offer any support. They don't. So therefore, never be moved when people um, praising you and don't be discouraged when people criticize you. Amen? Don't be too arrogant or too high in, in victory and don't be too low in failure or in defeat. Okay? Don't believe what the, newspaper, don't, what the newspapers write today will be fish and ships paper tomorrow. Or, or, or bottom of a bird's cage or something like that. You know, it's not, we, we put too much importance to what other people say. It doesn't mean we should live, a, I, I, I'm not saying that you should live a life where some people say, I don't care what other people say. Of course we do. Because there's a balance in that. But this is another sermon, okay? So Jesus, the, oh, okay. When they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And then 50, when this is Bartimaeus, and throwing aside his garment... And throwing aside his garment. Now, at the time in Israel, when you are handicapped, when you have some kind of physical disability or things like that, you know, they didn't have any welfare system or anything like that. But what they did was that you, you, you could have a coat or garment and that showed that you were born or you are disabled, that meant that you are allowed to beg. Okay? Now it's interesting that when, when Bartimaeus, after he heard Jesus, he, stand, he, 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 he throws aside his garment. Do you know what? It's because, do you know why he does that? It's because he's walking in his revelation. He sees Jesus as the son of David, meaning the king. And he, what is the garment? He's a beggar. He knows that you cannot stand before the king as a, as a beggar. Amen? It's very important we remember that because most of the things you maybe have been taught about how to pray, throw it out. Because what you, most of what you've been taught about prayer is really just begging. Okay, so he threw aside his his garment. Another thing he does, he he lay when he rises up and take that garment away. He throws away his old identity. Not only that, is his whole life of provision he lays behind him. Okay, do you know? When you come before Jesus, we have to lay everything down. 
Okay? Because it's a new beginning. We cannot take the old with us into the new. Because if you take the old with you into the new, it will be really, really a messed thing. So he throws it aside, and now, and throwing aside his garment, he, uh, he rose and came to Jesus. Now, he rose. Now, remember again, he's blind. Remember again, there's a great multitude of people. How would he know who Jesus is? How would he know where to go? <clears throat> have you thought? Have, you, have we given that any thought? Do you know the only way he could find Jesus would be by hearing his voice, following his voice. Do you know what? How are we led by the Holy Spirit today? By hearing his voice. Now you can understand why tithing is so important. Because that's the one thing that gives ability. To hear. So when he was blind, he didn't know how Jesus looked like. The only thing he could was going by his voice. Remember what Jesus said? My sheep can hear my voice. Amen? So he was... He navigated towards Jesus by his voice. The way you and I, we navigate ourselves through life now is by his voice. <clears throat> and that's why, like, because that's, that's why the tithing has been so hugely contested with so many people. But it's, behind, it's the devil that is behind it. Because if he can make people not tithe, the church not tithe, that means they can't hear. They can hear the voice of reasoning. Like they hear the voice of the crowd, but they can't hear the voice of the Messiah. Okay? No matter how good intentions I have for you, my voice cannot transform you. Only when God gives me a, a word. Okay? So, so Jesus, no, so, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? You know, for, for you and me, it might seem obvious. For goodness sake, Jesus, he's blind. You know, think about it. This guy, he's coming. Are you Jesus? No, no, you have no beard. Are you Jesus? No, he didn't do that. He just, it's because we're, we're always illustrating with a beard, you know, so you have to. So Maybe he fell and he got hold of a beard or something. Oh, are you Jesus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. If have a, but he sa- Jesus, he says, what do you want me to do for you? He could have said like many Christians, he says, you know Jesus. Now, what do you want me to do for you? You know. What do you want me to do? You know Jesus. You know all things. Jesus is specific. What do you want? Do you know what? When we really get challenged on that point, many of us don't really know what we want. Jesus, I want to, I want to be blessed. Okay, what does blessing mean for you? Have you been blessed? You know, like this pastor friend of mine, his cousin, his cousin she came to me and said once, you know, oh, Pastor, pray for me. I just want to get married. 
So I just prayed for her. Oh, Jesus, give her a little fat, ugly man. And she, ah, I, 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 don't, I don't want to have a little fat, ugly man. So I said to her, you said you just want to get a man. And the little fat, ugly ones are difficult to get rid of. So if there's one here who don't have any criteria, I might as well get rid of one of them to you. And now, now when I put it in that life, suddenly she knew what she wanted. So some years later when I met her, I, she pulled up her husband's poor husband. She came through the church hall, dragging him after. She, see, he's not little fat. He was, he was so skinny, that husband. She, got, she was actually done completely. No. But the thing is, many of us don't know what we want. There's a famous story about Pastor Yonggi Chiu that he prayed for a, well, a bicycle, an a, a office chair and an office table. And he prayed and prayed and prayed. And, and one day God said to him, what kind of bicycle do you want? Okay. Jesus said to Bartimaeus, what do you want? He could have said Bartimaeus, Yesterday, in my baking cup, I got two pounds. Could you spare four? <laughs> that would have been a blessing. That would have been prosperity, abundance. Okay? Do you know, so, 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 what, so when he says, that I may see. Do you know what he's saying? Jesus, that I have the ability to take responsibility for myself. I don't want to be a beggar anymore. I want to be someone who blesses people instead of being the one who always receives the blessing. That's what he's saying. I want to be a giver not just a receiver. I want to be a producer, not just a consumer. That's what he's saying. I want that you will give me my sight. That's what he's saying. Because he had he have, he have lived in the life of humiliation, of living on handouts. Do you know what I don't understand? I don't, you know, I don't understand. Now, it's not to... To, to, I, 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 don't, I, I don't understand why people can live a whole lifetime on benefits. I, 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 find, I think that I'll find that being so degrading. I can understand that you may be in a time or period of life you need, to, but I can't understand that it's become a lifestyle. It must be so degrading. Okay? So you say, that I... That I may receive my sight. You know the famous phrase, that if you give a man a fish, he will eat for one day. If you give him a man a fishing net, he will eat for the rest of his life. That's what, Jesus, that's what he's asking for this man. The blind said, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Can you imagine if he stopped there? What do you want? I want my sight. Go away. Oh. 
it didn't stop there. That's why it's important to hear the whole thing. Do you know that many of us, we some, we, we, you know, if we want to improve our lives, the, the, the skill that we all have to work on is to hear the whole thing. Have you noticed that many of us, when we hear someone speak to us, or the, we say it, and then before we finish, we already think we know what we're going to say. Can you imagine if Bartimaeus have done this here? Jesus said, go away. So he thought, I knew you were, you were rude. Okay? But he said, go your way. Now he said, your faith has made you well a whole. Okay? Your faith. Do you notice? He didn't say, my faith. Jesus didn't say, did you see that Peter? I told you, Peter, I am anointed. Did you see that? Just one word for me. No, he said, no, he said, your faith to Bartimaeus, your faith, Bartimaeus, what was his faith? Was it that he believed God for healing? No, that was not, that was not the faith. Was it the thing that he was doing? No, his faith was in one thing. Son of David, have mercy on me. That was the faith that Jesus is referring to. He, re he recognized who, he who Jesus was. And he recognized who Jesus is. He's, uh, we, 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 we sum it up in one thing. God is a good God. That's how he sums it. No, this, is, this is what Jesus is saying. Your faith in me, your faith has made you whole. Now again, I told, notice he didn't say... Your faith has healed you. Remember that? Notice that. You, it doesn't say your faith has healed you. He says your faith has made you well or whole. Now being healed. <coughs> let's say leprosy. Because that's the best example. Let's say someone have leprosy. And they got, you know, leprosy, you, lose, you can lose fingers and things of it. So let's say you have one finger left and the leprosy is all still there. And when Jesus heals you, that means now the leprosy has stopped. But you still only got one finger. That, that's what it means to be made, uh, to be healed. But that's not what he's saying to Bartimaeus. He says to Bartimaeus, your faith has made you whole of well, that means that, so to use the same example about leprosy again, you lost four fingers, and now Jesus makes you whole. So what happens is that the four fingers you lost get restored. So the consequence of the illness, you will not have to live with it. You're not excited about that? Uh, that excites me very, very much. That I'm not, that so, so, so when Jesus, we think he just restore his sight. No, he restore his whole, he redeem his whole life so that he's not going, because there would have been a lot of consequences of being blind. There could have been many hurts. There could have been many setbacks and many opportunities. Where, but he restores, he, he make him well so that, He's, so all the pain and all these other things 
he's not going to take that with him into the life he now is going to begin as a seeing person. That's what it means when Jesus makes you well. He's not just in the healing business. He wants you, what's the, you know, people can be healed of cancer, but they can still have the cancer in their, in their mind. Do you understand? That you can still feel ill. That's not how Jesus does. He heals you. Spirit, soul, and body, and mind. He makes you well. Amen? When Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. And immediately, the moment he, could, uh, he, he received it, he, what, what was the response? Do you know what people say? But, no, when, when people see Jesus for who he is, you cannot but just following him. Because no one will care and love you as much as he does. Now, he, Jesus didn't say, follow me, as he said to Matthew. He didn't say, follow me to uh, the other disciples. Bartimaeus once he saw, once he was restored, he fell in love with Jesus. And then he followed him. Now, what happened with, with Bartimaeus, his life started. Whole new beginning. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Where, where he goes, Jesus, he, he followed him. But it was, it, but it started, you know, and the, the amazing thing about it is, this is a man, you could say, he did not come from the best background, he didn't have the best beginning, who knows what had happened, lived a whole life being dependent on everyone else, lived on handouts, maybe being humiliated, low self-image, but the one thing he got right, he recognized Messiah. You only need one thing right. You know, don't dwell on what had happened, what should have happened, and what could have happened, and what did not happen. Don't dwell on these things. Dwell on one thing. The son of David had mercy on me. That's all you have to think. Don't dwell on your disappointments. Don't dwell on your setbacks. Don't dwell on, oh, dwell on one thing alone. The Son of God, the Messiah, is a good God. And whoever runs to Him will not be rejected. When you have that revelation, now act on it in obedience or in trust, like Bartimaeus did, and you will see transformation happens. Amen? Hey, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, give us that spirit of revelation.